The Annie Staples Show is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. College football ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts. GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. The app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. By the way, you can use GameTime to score last-minute concert tickets as well. So head to the App Store or Play Store now to download GameTime and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show on location edition, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I am here with the great Stuart Mandel, the boss man, one half of the Audible and the Audible Extra, which I know you'll be listening to on Monday and Thursday of this week with our friend Bruce Feldman. Stuart, you and I were at Bryant-Denny Stadium. We got to see... LSU score lots of points against Alabama. Alabama score not quite as many points against LSU. And all of a sudden, it feels like the order of things is kind of set at the top now. That's right. I mean, first of all, the game itself, for all the buildup, I believe lived up to it because we got to see especially Joe Burrow, but also Tua, do their thing. Uh, and put that 2011 9-6 game to shame. But between that, and I know we're going to talk about also about Minnesota, huge win over Penn State, you know, I came away saying, oh, well now we have three teams, LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, who have kind of separated themselves from the pack. And Has Clemson really, though? Who have they beaten? If you... It, it's true, right? They, they do crush everyone they now. They crush everybody they play. I think except North Carolina. We're giving them a... Maybe we're giving them the kind of benefit of the doubt that that we often have given Alabama in the past and that the committee really didn't give Clemson at all last week. I still feel they're feel fairly confident. They're sitting in the same ballpark as Ohio State and LSU. But this was the fourth top 25 team, actually the fourth top 10 team, I believe, that LSU has beaten at the time they were ranked. Ah, no, 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 we don't do that. All right. It's what they're going to be at the end. Well, it's... I don't know. Texas might jump into the top 25. They'll probably week, be a top 25 team by the end. If so they'll be yeah. able to say they have three top 10 wins and four top 25 wins. That's a really good resume to only be in Yeah, because it looks, it looks like Florida's going to go 10-2. and two. Mm-hmm. And we'll see what happens with Auburn. Auburn could end up 8-4, and four, but they'd probably still be in the top 25. It'd be like the best 8-4 team yeah, in the country. Yeah, because that win over Oregon. So it's an incredible resume, LMA's. It's an incredible resume LSU's putting together. Their next two games they're going to win, Ole Miss and uh, Arkansas, Arkansas, which lost to Western Kentucky. Right. Uh, we will we will get into the, the Chad Morris uh, succession sweepstakes later in the podcast. Anyway, Smaller the whole story. thing, um, having covered this game last year in Baton Rouge when LSU lost 29 to nothing, oh. to go from that and Ed Orgeron afterward, basically saying our defensive linemen stink, our offensive linemen stink, and we need to recruit better linemen, to a year later doing what they did to uh, to Alabama's defense is, is one of the more remarkable one-year turnarounds we've ever seen. It's incredible. And Joe Burrow, I think, probably put himself 
at the head of the Heisman race. A little bit by default, his former teammate, Chase Young, remember Joe Burrow and Chase Young played together before, uh, got suspended this week. Now, we think Chase Young will be back. Uh, You and I both believe he's probably back for Penn State. But you've got that NCAA issue, and, and usually when things like that happen, that person falls out of the Heisman race. That and also this he just also shows plays defense. You, yeah, this shows you again why it's so hard for defensive players to win the Heisman. He had the game of his life against Wisconsin, and everybody's watching, and that got him on everybody's list for that week. He misses this game, and it didn't affect Ohio State in the slightest against right. Maryland. Whereas Joe Burrow, his <laughs> they the, needed him. The reason LSU yeah. won that game, so that's why it's so hard for a defensive end to win the Heisman when a quarterback has just so much more of an impact on a team. So Derrick Henry kind of put himself in the mix in 2015 in the Alabama-LSU game. Johnny Football, I think, won the award by winning in Tuscaloosa in 2012. It certainly felt today like Joe Burrow. And I don't know even know if he outdueled Tua. Tua actually had a great statistical game, although Tua did throw a pick there at the end of the first half that and the, LSU and cashed fumble, into a touchdown. You know, he had yeah. two turnovers. Yeah. yeah, he did Gary Premier in it in the first half. Right. So, but Burrow was great with his arm, with his legs. Uh, he made some clutch plays. They they had uh, as Alabama got closer in the fourth quarter. Alabama had cut the lead to five. LSU needed to score. LSU has three third downs. They go empty backfield on all of them. And Burrow makes a play every time, twice with his arm, once with his legs. They wind up scoring. And then Alabama scores again, LSU scores again. I think the most impressive part of that, of Joe Burrow's performance, is that, remember, they're up 20. Alabama starts to come back. The whole stadium is sensing this is where Alabama is going to make its move. And, And every time that they came close... He would respond, not just with, I mean, with a scoring drive, certainly, but for all the plays he made through the air, I think the two most important were the third down draw plays. Yes, absolutely. He just ran straight through their defense. Uh, Both and, those set up touchdowns. And, and, and yes, and also those were rushing touchdowns in the end, too. So LSU, when it mattered most, showed they can also run the ball. Yeah, Clyde Edwards Hilaire was he awesome. He had the game. I, assume the game of his career to this point yes uh, they couldn't stop him either so this this you know i saw lsu against texas week two and that was kind of the the coming out party for that offense i thought they were even more impressive this was validation for that offense because you can say oh texas's defense isn't that good well we've seen alabama's defense be pretty good this season but they were helpless it's a it's uh after i went to nick saban's press conference afterward and he wasn't as his demeanor wasn't as frustrated as you would think. It was almost resignation. He said, he flat out said, that offense, LSU offense has no weaknesses and proceeded to rattle off every position group and how they're all so good. And I think it reminded me of when they faced Johnny Manziel the second time. Mm-hmm. They won, but he went for almost, I think he went 560 yards of offense. Yeah, it was it was obscene. And it was a 49-42 game. Yeah, and afterward, it was saving. just like, what are you going to do? Like, he's just that good. And I think that's how he feels about Burrow and that offense. I also think there's there's some, a little bit of recruiting at play here. Uh, Quinnen Williams almost single-handedly destroyed LSU's offense last year. There were, Alabama didn't have anybody like that nope. this year. And, you know, that's to be expected. That, that type of person doesn't come along 
every single year. It just so happened Alabama had two in a row in Deron Payne and Quentin Williams. But it is it is tough. Now, before that game kicked off, something else very significant happened. Minnesota beat Penn State. Penn State came into the week ranked number four in the first playoff ranking. And they're going to Minnesota. It's a clash of unbeatens, but nobody really expected Minnesota to win this game. Now, Stuart Mandel, who ranks teams, <laughs> where are you putting Minnesota? Well, first of all, a lot of credit to Minnesota. I didn't think they were going to win this game. I, I thought, okay, that was really nice. They got off to that hot, you know, the 8-0 no start, and they're, they're, they're hosting this historic game. But they're going to end up going 9-3. Their offense absolutely shredded Penn State, and Penn State's got a really good defense, or at least they did coming into this game. Uh, Tanner Morgan had an almost perfect game. Rashad Bateman had over 200 yards. Uh, when I went to do my top 10 at the end of the night to answer your question, you know, obviously, like I said before, there were a clear top three. Say, so who are your candidates for the number four spot right now? The two one-loss Pac-12 teams, one-loss Alabama, one-loss Georgia, or the undefeated team that just knocked off the number four team in the country. I'm going with the Gophers. Well, Give the them go- their due. The Gophers have beaten someone now. Yeah. Because we said, oh, you haven't beaten anybody. Oh, you barely beat your, your non-conference schedule, which wasn't very good. But they've, they've been buzzsawing people in the Big Ten. Now, they didn't face a healthy quarterback, a first-team quarterback, until today in Sean Clifford. And they picked him off a couple times. And I mean... They looked really good. If they you, look, yeah, if you had told me Penn State was going to lose the game, I would have thought it would be like 13 to 10, right? Like, Yeah. Ugly I, it up, maybe see, bad weather yeah, or something like exactly. that. Yeah, I would not have guessed that Minnesota's passing game would just shred Penn State. Penn State came into this game allowing fewer than 10 points per game. Rob Mullins, committee chairman, specifically referenced the other night on that show that they had seven of eight opponents to 13 points or less. So I just can't say enough about that Minnesota performance. It was remarkable. I don't think the committee is going to take your view, by the way. No, I don't. I, I think they're going to punish. They were number 17 right. last week. Well, they were punishing them for their schedule. But what they'll say is, oh, this means Penn State wasn't that good. Uh, I don't know if it'll be so much that as they will want to not put at. They try not to put too much emphasis on one game. They're going to say the overall schedule is still very weak. But... I mean, I'll ask you. If not Minnesota, who would your well, number four team That's what I'm trying to figure out. Who are they going to put it for? Is it going to be Georgia? I think it's probably going to be Georgia, and I don't buy that. <laughs> I'm not saying Minnesota for sure, but uh, Georgia, Georgia has a fantastic defense. I still think they're a flawed team. And, by the way, the team they lost to, South Carolina, took lost another one on the Appalachian chin State. to Appalachian State tonight. I think they're four and six now. Yeah, I, I the Georgia thing's interesting to me because I, I saw them in Jacksonville last week against Florida, and that defense is spectacular. It's really good. Yeah, uh, so the offense had a good day against Florida. They were very good on third down. But the question is, could that offense keep up with LSU? Now, we're going to get an answer to that question. Yep. Georgia and LSU, barring extreme calamity from Georgia, are going to play. Maybe the committee will troll everybody and just drop um, Alabama to number four. That would be hilarious. <laughs> it's not. It's not inconceivable given how glowing they were about them. Well, on the show on Tuesday. And I think if if LSU, which led Alabama by twenty at halftime, had followed up and blown them out, 
we would not be talking about Alabama at all. We'd say that's it, they're done. I think there is still a sliver of hope for Alabama. Oh yeah, I mean that eighty-five yard touchdown to a throw through to Devontae Smith on what ended up being which, their last. Which, by the way, was a longer version of the one that won the national title. It was title. the exact same play. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that may have ended up having a huge impact because that that becomes the difference. It shouldn't, but that becomes the difference between a one-score deficit and a two-score deficit. Now, I assume the committee members watched the game. Yes. If they didn't get a chance to, they will before Tuesday, and they will realize. You were nervous when they were lining up for that onside kick. Well, of course. That was that was a tight game at the end. It was a tight game at the end, but it was up. But now that, but if you look back at it after the fact, it was not a back and forth game. LSU led the entire game mm-hmm. by as many as twenty at one point. True. If Jeff Long were still the chairman, I believe he would refer to that as game, game control, <laughs> <laughs> not game management. By the way, there was no game managers. No. In that game, there were gunslingers in that game can't believe that 20 you know i remember looking back at the 2011 box score this week the lsu quarterbacks in that game went nine of 17 passing and and with two interceptions and they won <laughs> think about that now think about idiot. what we saw tonight well here here's the the other one the second meeting between alabama and lsu that you're in the bcs title game lsu gained 92 yards on 44 plays but what symmetry by the way that jordan jefferson's little brother is the guy who corrals the onside kick to seal LSU's win tonight. I wonder what it's like for Jordan Jefferson to watch this offense. I, or any former LSU quarterback or receiver. Zach Mettenberger yeah. probably looks at it and goes, <laughs> wait, I could have done this with OBJ and Jarvis Landry? It's pretty fascinating because what they're doing is not very complicated. It's, it's you know, it's... It's not it's somewhat air raid. complicated. It's it's, not, it's the Saints' offense, is what it is. Yeah, the, the I'm sure that the passing routes are more complicated than I realize, but I think I don't think they're running like a ton of different plays. They're just running them really well, and they're getting the line. They get to how many times during that game did they get to the line so fast? A lot. That Alabama wasn't really set. A lot, but and and they have they have adjustments that Joe Burrow can make pre-snap and post-snap. Um, I remember talking to Todd Grantham, the Florida defensive coordinator, about this, and this was before they played, and he was very nervous about what Joe Burrow could do in terms of manipulating each play just by looking at the defense and then manipulating it once again post-snap. There was a great play. So right after the Devontae Smith touchdown, or sorry, the, the touchdown before that, after the Jerry Judy touchdown that cut it to five, LSU gets the ball, first and 10 from the 25. They run an RPO. And they had said, hey, we're going to make Alabama's linebackers think. And, and oh boy, did they ever. Joe Burrow takes a snap. He kind of runs toward the line of scrimmage. And you see that linebacker just suck right up. And Jamar Chase pops wide open. 29-yard gain. It was, it was that easy. And that's... That play would have never happened in 2011 because they'd have been like, "Well, we gotta just run the clock out. We're up five. That play, that play looked a lot like the famous Nick Marshall game tying touchdown pass in the. Uh, Except in the there Iron weren't Bowl. a bunch of linemen downfield. <laughs> True, but it was the same idea where you start running and turn it into a passing play, and uh, that. Not to go all like nostalgic here, but I, that was the first time I remember a lot of talk. I think that after that may have been the first time I heard the phrase RPO. 
like that was one of the first times you saw what would come to be known as the run pass option play yeah and but that's LSU's offense is 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 one after another after another yeah it is it is they stress you in many many ways let's talk about another offense that stresses defenses and a defense that just stresses its fans out Oklahoma barely survived Iowa State in fact Iowa State probably should have gotten one more shot at that two-point conversion. That sure looked like pass interference. Well, let's, now let's paint the picture for people. You and I are literally recording this in your car, your rental car, in the parking lot of the sports bar that we just watched the dramatic ending of that Oklahoma game after covering our game. We have no use for the fourth wall here at the Andy Staples Show. It's, uh, <laughs> I mean, it was 42-28. The game was over. And then Iowa State very, very nearly pulled it off. Uh, you definitely have reason to be concerned if you're an Oklahoma fan because that defense that had seemingly made a lot of progress under Alex Grinch has really gone back to looking like 2018 the last two Well, you years. notice neither of us are volunteering Oklahoma as that number four team. I don't know why you would. Uh, I don't know why you would volunteer them ahead of Oregon and Utah because those teams play defense. Right. Yeah, Oklahoma is an interesting case because they're going to play Baylor next week. Baylor will defend them harder probably than anybody other than K-State, who they already lost to. We don't know what what Baylor will do offensively, but Charlie Brewer can work some magic. Now, Baylor should have lost on Saturday as well. They they (laughs) eked one out against TCU. The the motto of Baylor's season. They're undefeated, but there have been several games where, well, they should have lost. They pulled it out, to their credit. Yeah, it's uh, Charlie Brewer against that Oklahoma defense, I think is going to be pretty interesting. Jalen Hurts against the Baylor defense and CeeDee Lamb against the Baylor defense. That'll be a nice test for them, but Baylor's defense is going to be one of the better ones they've seen in the Big 12. And we also, by the way, never mentioned Baylor. Undefeated Baylor. One yes. of five undefeated teams left as a possibility for the number four spot. They just don't have the uh, schedule strength yet. Well, they had to squeak by Texas Tech. They had yeah. to squeak by TCU. So it, it's just not it doesn't feel like they belong there now. Obviously, if they beat Oklahoma. I think then you then you got to talk about them in relation to Minnesota for that fourth, fifth spot, whichever one it's going to be. They still might lose again, but what happens if if Baylor beats Oklahoma and then Oklahoma turns around and beats Baylor in the Big Twelve in the Big Twelve championship? I think the Big Twelve's out at that point. I think they would knock themselves out, and I think uh, that's. I'm told we were we wouldn't have known this because we weren't watching the game on TV that Gary Danielson's first mention of Alabama should be in the still be in the playoff mix was with like a, I think right after the onside kick. Wow, like a minute's change left. He did not wait long. It'll come up on the ESPN playoff show Tuesday night, and it'll continue to come up more and more every week as results like that one happen. Now you you think this this should be it? We shouldn't see this again. Well, you can't say. You can't say definitively because you don't know what else is who, who right. will be What's left gonna happen, by the time right. you get to the end. But I don't think I think it's a different vibe. When you came out of the 2011 game, there was definitely a feeling of well, there's they may still be the two best teams in the country. It came down to missed field goals for Alabama. Maybe they'll play again in the national championship. Nobody came away from today's game going like, gosh, I'm not sure who the better team was there. Right. It was clearly LSU. Now, does that mean? Does that not necessarily mean Alabama is still one of the four best teams? They could be, but they're going to have to earn their way in. Yeah. That, they don't have any resume. It, it is going to be a fascinating you know, set of mental gymnastics that the, the committee is going to go through. 
and you really just we need to see more. I, I think Clemson's going to come out undefeated. They they seem to be in buzzsaw mode now. I don't think Penn State's going to be able to hang with Ohio State either. <laughs> Not after what we saw in that Minnesota game. I guess we'll just have to wait for the twelve and zero Ohio State versus twelve and zero Minnesota oh. Big Ten title. And we we've underestimated Minnesota. Maybe we shouldn't do that again. But yeah, I I don't know. I just I don't know that anybody in the Big Ten is going to be able to hang with Ohio State. It's it seems like they're it's it seems like they're just the most complete team in the. In fact, I mean I have LSU number one on resume. Right. LSU. St- I believe Alabama ended up averaging more yards for playing that game than LSU. It's they did. Like, I mean, if you're asking me whose defense would you rather have, Ohio State's or LSU's, I'm taking Ohio State's. That's right. They just don't have the resume. <laughs> and we also haven't seen Ohio State's offense against the defense like these. Uh, no, I mean Wisconsin's defense is pretty good. Yeah, and then they they had them. no problem with them. They handled but... them. Uh, I think it's probably more that we haven't seen Ohio State have to defend. I mean, they haven't had to defend a Joe Burrow or a Tua or anybody like that. Yet. No, but they will. <laughs> it's just going to be in the Peach Bowl or Fiesta Bowl. Yeah, it's not going to be in uh, before the uh, college football playoff. That's for sure. Let's go from the highest of the highs uh, real quick to the lowest of the low. Northwestern finally scoring two touchdowns but losing <clears throat> in the last second. No, that's one. Michigan State having a 31-10 lead in the fourth quarter and losing to Illinois, which, congratulations, Lovey Smith. You're bowl eligible. Yay! Great win by Illinois. <laughs> hey, Michigan State owns the biggest comeback in college football history. That's true. Against Northwestern. So this is just, you know. Par the for the course. They, they, you know, you gotta, it evens out. It took 13 years, but it evened out. They no. are so, they've got to be so frustrated at this point, though. <laughs> but I'm guessing you want to talk about Chad Morris. Yes, Chad Morris. Okay. This is one of those games that I I don't know if it's a poetic justice thing. It's what do you whatever you want to call it. Ty Story was one of the quarterbacks that was at Arkansas who got run off right in favor of some grad transfers and some freshmen. Ty Story starts a quarterback for Western Kentucky. Guess who laid a colossal whooping on the Razorbacks today? Do you think that this is that Arkansas probably has the worst team that has ever the worst SEC team that has ever been. Oh, there are some Vanderbilt teams that That's really true. really want to fight for that that spot. <laughs> this is a team that has now lost to both a Mountain West and a Conference USA team in the same season. Yes. So most of you are going to be listening to this on Sunday. I am assuming. Remember last week when we said, "Hey, let's just imagine that Willie Taggart's been fired because we think it's going to happen," and then it did. Let's imagine that Chad Morris has been fired because I don't see how he keeps his job for another 24 hours. I don't know if like their weekly, if his weekly press conferences are on Mondays or Tuesdays, but I don't think he's going to be. Whatever it is, he's not going to be at it. I so think. who does Arkansas go after? Because that seems like a pretty rough situation right now. They have lots of money, but the roster's terrible. It is the worst recruiting job in the SEC or the toughest recruiting job in the SEC. Who who do you go after? Well, remember, this is a program that has had success. Right. Houston Nut would be regularly they were regular They team. won they won the SEC they West a couple, a couple times. Yeah, going to a couple SEC title games. Bobby Petrino took them to BCS Bowl. Mm-hmm. Now it's been a rough however many Bielema years. had a couple then. good years. Did he have like one good year? He had a couple couple good years. He, he went, would beat up on Les Miles. That's true. So it can be done. Uh, I think Chad Morris the only, only sliver of little hope for Arkansas right now is that their best players are freshmen. So the next coach gets those guys. But it's a long, long way up from where they are now. Let me give you a candidate. 
Okay. Because you know I like the non-traditional candidates. Kevin Kelly at Pulaski Academy in Little Rock. That's right, a high school coach. But not just, not any, just high any high school. school. <laughs> this is the high school coach that onside kicks every time, goes for two every time, and never punts. Right. What could possibly go wrong? I mean, what you're, what you're doing is not working. You can't be any worse than you are now. Why not give it a try? Okay, if that's if you're going that that kind of path, why not hire uh, Jeff Monken and run the triple option in the SEC? Do it. <laughs> Make it happen, Cap'n. Do it. Uh, I think. Or that, Ken Niamatololo. Or Ken Niamatololo. Do it. More realistically, uh, it's probably going to be. I mean, it's probably going to be. Let's see. You already the guy you just hot you're about to fire was a mid-major head coach. Mm-hmm. You're not going to do that again. You're not going to hire Sonny Dykes because you're not hiring SMU's coach again. No, you're probably not hiring Mike Norvell because of that either. But is there a uh, defensive coordinator somewhere? Oh, go the opposite. Yeah, I see yeah. how it is. You got to go the opposite of what you had before. You call like Brent Venables or somebody like that. That may be the, the – I think you're right. Now, I don't agree with that as a philosophy of just going the opposite. I mean, that – that's how you wind up getting Mike Riley at Nebraska because Bo Pelini was mean to Sean Eichhorst, the AD, <laughs> and Mike Riley was going to be nice to him. Well, we see how that worked out. Whoever it is better be a really good recruiter because Petrino clearly wasn't. Bielema, n- not really. I mean, and then and then um, I think Morris has actually gotten off to a decent start recruiting. He's just not going to have a chance to finish it. I don't know that he's gotten off to a decent start. The players he's recruited are losing by a lot. Well, he hasn't had a chance to recruit very many of them. Well, the ones he did recruit are the ones that are the star play, the quote unquote star players on offense. But uh, well, I mean, he he still won on last chance. You what's the the best case scenario is that somebody? I'm kidding. Last chance you didn't come out till he was already at Arkansas. Right. The best case scenario is that somebody would be able to sign like kind of low top twenty five classes at Arkansas every year. They're never going to be. Signing Alabama type classes. Just hire the guy who doesn't punt. Do it, Hogs. That'd be so much fun. Have some guts. Just do it. Stuart Mandel. Can I, can I offer one last? Okay, go go ahead. Scenario, go ahead. Though? Go for it. If our guy Gus Malzahn loses to Georgia, oh no, and <laughs> Alabama, and they're gonna want to run him out of town again, is that offer still on the table? No, he should go to Florida <laughs> State. Uh yeah, that too. But I'm just saying, Arkansas. It is Tried home. to do this two years ago. It's home. Be a nice little escape route. Oink, oink, baby. He can recruit. Wow. All right. Stuart, it's been amazing. We need to go get some sleep. Yep. Everybody, this is how this is how it goes, but we're not done yet. Our LSU beat writer Brody Miller and I sat down after the game and discussed in detail what this means for LSU going forward what this means for the rest of the SEC. You'll hear me and Brody when we return. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like, I lost my mojo. Or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work or, sorry honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it's easy to talk about it. With a real doctor who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. 
With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. The doctor will work with you and find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com staples and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com staples to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com staples for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com staples. Here now with LSU beat writer Brody Miller. We are at Bryant-Denny Stadium, and I have not been to the visitor's locker room, a victorious visitor's locker room at Bryant-Denny <laughs> Stadium, since it was Johnny Football in 2012. Now, I know they did lose one more between now and then to Ole Miss, but I got to think this was maybe the happiest one with LSU winning 46-41, and this looks like everything they said it would happen happened. Yeah, I mean, I, I always go back to just the different vibe around these two games these past two years. I think last year it was just they were playing so tight. They were so kind of, scared's not the right word, but so tense going into that game. And this year, this whole week, this whole season, it's just more of a, hey, LSU actually thinks it's the best team in the country. They, they operate like they actually believe that. And they go into this game, and they go up 33-13 at halftime, and they just flat out look like the better team. And obviously Alabama came back and all these things, but you know, I know you're going to write about it later tonight. I mean, LSU actually turned this this offense that they've been building was about today, right? That's what this was all about, and they went out, and Alabama could not stop it. Well, and I think it's just such an exorcism of so many demons because even if you go back to the last time LSU won, nine to six in this stadium in overtime, the game that defense that that defense ruled and offense forgot. This was the polar opposite of that game. Both teams were, you know, in you know, let's see. Joe Burrow throws for 393 yards. Yeah. Tua throws for 418 yards. This was a Big 12 game. Yep. This is, and, and we joked about it, but that's exactly what it was. It was the polar opposite of that game. And it feels like it exercised all those demons for LSU. Because Alabama started this evolution Absolutely. five years ago. Yeah. LSU kept promising this would happen. Kept prom- it's going to happen. We're going to run exciting. Les Miles would say it. Yeah. We're going to bring in Cam Cameron and run exciting offense. And then that never happened. And then Ed Orgeron comes in. We're going to bring in Matt Canada. We're going to run a, an explosive offense. No, yeah. it never happened. Tonight it happened. And it's been this week-by-week thing, right? I think we learned at the Texas game. It was like, okay, this is real. And then you learn at the Auburn game, all these things. But And like we were saying, I'm, I'm talking in circles, but this was the game. If anyone's going to stop it, it's going to be Nick Saban, all these things. And and this game represents everything because it represents – this was Ed Ogeron's entire tenure is about winning this game. Obviously, championships matter, but he said it at his press conference. The benchmark's Alabama. We're chasing Alabama. I have never seen Ed Ogeron as emotional as he was. You've covered him. You've been around him longer than me. Kelly Ogeron, after the game, said she has never seen him like that. He was crying. Him and Dennis Johnson, who's been with them from day one, they were shoving each other, crying, holding each other. I mean, this was a, a different side of it. There were a lot of tears shed. Yes. I mean, I saw I saw Ed Orgeron hugging his mom, Coco, yep. and, and she said, oh, that's a long time, buddy, long time. And, and I mean, that's the thing. This is why he was hired, yep. was to beat Alabama. Why Les Miles was fired yes. was, was so these guys could eventually beat Alabama. And it, it feels like it has been this massive undertaking that – 
it really has been an eight-year effort yeah. to make this happen again. It, it's it's kind of fascinating that these two these eight years kind of you know bookend you know this decade for LSU because the 2011 LSU was still on top of the world. They were still one of the top programs every single year, and then they went seven years without a top ten finish in the AP poll. You had this offense that I mean, as we've said, just could not break through. And now, and it's just fascinating. Look at look at all the pieces that made this happen. How bizarre this is. You have a, a grad transfer quarterback from Ohio who yep. from Ohio State. You have a, a thirty year old passing game coordinator who nobody had heard of nine months ago. You have a coach who everybody laughed at and them hiring full time. It is just one of the more fascinating. An stories. offensive coordinator that people thought True. would pass by. Yes, absolutely. Who people have been asking for to retire for like two years now. Steve Ensminger, Ed Orgeron calls me the unsung hero of this yep. team. And the more you think about it, I mean. He could have said, no, I'm not dealing with this. I'm, this this 29-year-old guy, Joe Brady, that you're bringing in to teach me the spread, I've forgotten more football than, than he'll ever know. Uh, but he hasn't been like that. He's He said, okay, what can this guy teach me? How can we help each other? And it's, it's crazy watching when you see the camera go up to them in the booth. You see the you know the, the guy who's been around forever, seen everything, and the young guy, and then they're, they're just emptying the playbook on Alabama. <laughs> I mean, so the... The drive where LSU went up 39-27, I thought was was really interesting. And, and they had to have that because Alabama had momentum. There were three plays, three third downs, where LSU's in an empty backfield. Les Miles, five, six years ago, would have his head would have exploded <laughs> at the thought of LSU in an empty backfield on third and short in Tuscaloosa. And, and they got them all. They did get them all. First off, credit to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, too. But... And there's some, there was that funny moment in the press conference when Ed was even kind of admitting, he's like, I kind of wanted to run the ball a little bit. That's right. But it also says so much about this season that he just had to kind of suck it up and trust this and yeah. say, this is the way to go, even though it kind of drives him insane. And it would have drove, driven Les Miles insane. Two decades ago, it would have driven Nick Saban insane. Yes. But, and granted, this is a greater football issue, and it is funny that LSU... Ten years ago, it would have driven yes, Nick Saban absolutely. insane. absolutely. And it is funny that, like like you said, LSU... People have been doing this college football for five years now, no, not on stop. But for LSU, for some reason, it was just so much harder. So right. that cultural shift is just crazy. I mean, Mike Leach brought the air raid to Texas Tech in 2000. Yep. That was 19 years ago. Alabama may, began really making this change in 2014. Yep. And, and what you saw tonight was kind of the, the, the upshot of that. A, a very explosive offense that LSU, which has a good defense, yeah. had a lot of trouble stopping. Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you look at some of those, you know, fourth downs were, you know, let's go back to the 2011 game. A lot of punts in that football yes. game. A lot of punts. There were oh, not there, many punts. There was a fourth down near the goal yeah. line for Alabama, and, and they end up getting a, a Jerry Judy touchdown out of it. Oh, yeah. Uh, they would have kicked the field goal 100 times out of 100 yeah. in that 2011 game of the century. Or go back to that interception at the end of the first half. That's common sense. You run the clock out there with 25 seconds left in the half at your 20, and Alabama's like, I know we can't stop LSU, so we need to take all the chances we can. Granted, it resulted in an interception, but that says something right there, that they're still attacking at the end of the half. It, it is truly amazing, and I do think these two games, this game we just saw, that 2011 game when you were in elementary school. Yep. Um, I was in high school, sir. Okay. <laughs> but they, they really tell the story of college football. Yep in this decade. And I, I, I gotta say, it's a more fun, viewer-friendly sport now. Yeah, I mean, there's no argument of that. I mean, for example, I don't know, this was one of the more football, fun football games I've ever been to, and, I, and LSU's been involved in three of the most fun games oh, of this yeah. season. LSU, Texas, and Alabama. Eight years ago, this was the most boring game. Oh, absolutely. And, and you just knew Alabama was gonna keep coming. When, when you see Devontae Smith streaking 
by himself down the left sideline, which is exactly what happened when they won the national title two years ago, by the way. Yeah, true. For, but this time for an, what, 85-yard touchdown? I, that This game had everything. And I thought poetic justice, though, Justin Jefferson corralling the onside kick. The brother of Jordan Jefferson. Wow, I'd never who, thought of that. Who led LSU's offense to literally nothing yep. in that national title game that started the losing streak. Now, remember Jarrett Lee played yes. quarterback for yep. most of the game of the century. But Jordan Jefferson, Les Miles basically decided the only way you can move the ball on them is run the option for the <laughs> national championship yep. game. They, I think they gained 92 yards total yep. the whole game. So the, the fact that Jordan Jefferson's little brother – is the guy corralling the onside kick to end the game <laughs> that ended 46-41. It's the, it's that the, is poetic. Yeah. It is the, 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 the natural evolution of things. And I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on this because I don't leave – the funny thing is I don't leave this game thinking either defense is inherently bad. No. I mean, these are two of the best secondaries, I would say, in college football. Yes. And you saw both embarrass as a stretch, but, I yep. mean, a few times. Derek Stingley at times I think might have been the best cornerback in college football this year. He got whooped on two or three plays this game. And that's not an indictment on him. That is, an, that is a commentary on how good these the, receivers the, the are. The quality of the receivers, uh, the receivers in this game, no matter who you are, if you got matched up one-on-one -on -one with some of these guys, yep. you were going to be toast at some point. Absolutely. And I think – It's a numbers game. I, I do think – there may be some defenses that, that can slow them down. Maybe Ohio State, maybe Clemson, maybe Georgia. Those are yeah. really the only ones that look like they would even have a chance to slow down either one of these offenses. And it is funny because LSU's kind of had to go through every type of defense. You know, they have the Florida game, which is one of the best pass rushes right. in the country. They had, I mean, granted, Grenard went out, but they had their way with that. Then they face an Auburn team that has the best defensive line of football yeah. and is the only team that could probably have tried that 3-1-7 right. um, defense. And, you know, they stopped them early, and then they adjusted. And I remember that's the thing that Ed Ogeron would say about Joe Brady when he first got hired was everything we throw at him he has an answer and now you've seen them play now, you, now you're facing another type of defense like Alabama with the secondary and they whoop that. that that's the most interesting thing about watching this offense is it does seem to always have an answer and you, it, it's crazy because we've gone from you know really nine years of them never having an answer nope. And th this one... Last year's the best example, this game. Yeah. I mean, th there was nothing they could do. And I think, I really do think Quinn and Williams had a lot more to do yeah. with, with LSU's inability to move the ball at all last year. I think LSU's offense last year was not horrific. No. It wasn't great. It was an average offense. But Quinn and Williams was blowing up every play from the middle. Th there is some recruiting here that we need to talk about. Because mm -hmm. you look at Alabama, still really good. Mm -hmm. But... Clemson's gotten a few players. Georgia's gotten a few players. LSU's gotten a few players. And, and, and every one of those is a little less depth for Alabama yeah. when they were just so much deeper than everybody else for so long. And I wonder how much of that this, there's also going to be in the coming years. You know, uh, these other places are kind of cooler right now. Yeah. You know, they're more ex LSU, if you're an offensive recruit right now, to be a part of you know the, this change of culture and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, LSU was already kind of a great recruiting school, but now it's like that's the cool place to go right yeah. now. Yeah. Well, now, I will say, watching Alabama's starting defense get introduced, Alabama will be back to being oh. cool and dominant because those guys are all They're really all young. Back. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's enjoy this now, Tigers, because yes. I, I don't think this means a new era of LSU dominance in this rivalry. No, I think, by no means. It's more just that it's even now. Yes. Yeah. It, it feels equal again. And for the first time since the 2011 game here. No, I think that's accurate. And yeah, that's actually, you just reminded me of something that's actually worth pointing out is that, I mean, I considered going to this game, Alabama might have had the best O line in the country. Mm -hmm. I really did. And LSU's defensive line, which was 
got embarrassed last year too. Yes. I mean, they literally couldn't rotate last year. They had three guys yeah. in that game. They dominated that first half. They held them about two yards per carry that first half. Granted, Najee Harris went off, but that was yeah. more of a Najee Harris thing than a line being beat. <laughs> yeah, there, there aren't many guys like Najee Harris. And I was watching it in the second half thinking, are we? is this going to be the 2015 Derrick Henry game it really started to feel like all it. over yeah. again? But no, LSU's offense had an answer. Which is such which, a bizarre sentence. Yeah. <laughs> it is crazy to say. But, okay, what does this mean going forward for LSU? Because uh, one thing Ed Orgeron was very clear about, one thing Joe, Brady, uh, Joe Burrow was yep. very clear about is – this was not the goal. Beating Alabama is not the end goal for this season. That's going to be a tricky thing these next few weeks, right? Because they're lying when they say, like, oh, this wasn't, you know, the goal. This was the goal. Of course it's the goal. Since the day at Ogeron took this job, this was the goal. But now you have to kind of reset. You have to kind of it's, – it's fortunate that their next two games are Ole Miss and Arkansas because you need to kind of mentally reset here because LSU is pretty clearly going to the college football playoff now. I, I, don't, I don't know how. Well, it, it's, it's interesting because if they beat – LSU and Arkansas, which we think they will, yeah. obviously. Uh, it sets up an interesting – now, Georgia is going to have to do what they're going to do. They, yeah. As we are recording this, they're beating Missouri. If Georgia goes into that game at 11-1, and one, there is a chance that it's the similar situation to last year's yep. SEC championship game where if Georgia wins, they're both in. Yes. If LSU wins, it's the only one. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean – I was going to ask your opinion on this. I think if LSU loses to Georgia, they're still in, right? It, it depends on what what happens everywhere else, but I think there's a really obviously good yeah, shot. there's other little bit of factors. Yeah. But I mean, nobody on earth will have a better resume than them. Correct, so. and and that's what that's kind of where Alabama was at last year. Yeah, and you know, as you're watching that game and Georgia's beating Alabama, you're thinking, okay, who's this knocking out? So if if we're going to game this out, you know, the thinking is Clemson yeah. goes undefeated and, and is in. And then one of the Big Ten teams, at least Ohio State, yeah. goes undefeated and yeah. is in. I I don't have a lot of faith in anybody but Ohio State, yeah. but I have a lot of faith in Ohio State, yeah. and I have faith in Ohio State that they can beat anybody Agreed. that we're talking about here. So I, that's what I, I want to see: Ohio State LSU, or Ohio State Clemson, or Clemson LSU. Uh, that that excites me more than anything else. We will see what happens with everybody else, but but I think the scenario of two SEC teams getting in, if if Georgia were to beat LSU. Is is in play now? And by the way, one thing we have we've glossed over, and it's kind of it's been lost in the shuffle of everything happening in the last few hours. But I'm not I'm not one of those people who buys into the boring same matchups thing. But think Alabama's not going to be in the college football most likely playoff most likely most that, likely. But we and we the debate isn't my point. Yeah, the, the debate isn't my point. But think yeah. about that. That's, that's oh yeah. That's, well, and and I know I know our colleague Stuart Mandel is is writing a, a story saying let's not play this game again. Yeah. My thinking is. I had a lot of fun. I wouldn't be complaining I mean, to see this again. Yeah, it's just fair. And I left this game, I mean, the, left the first half thinking, wow, Alabama's not a playoff team. I leave, I leave this game now thinking, oh, Alabama's one of the five best teams. But they may, by virtue of their schedule not being very good this year, I mean, this was their chance yeah. to show it, and they lost. Yeah. So it, it may be that they can't come back from this, and we'll just have to find out. It just seems like there are enough interesting candidates where I just don't see how it's possible. But. Yeah, well... If two SEC teams get in, it'll still freak everybody out. Yeah. They'll still I'm not looking they, forward to that headache. They yeah. they will start they will start clamoring for the 18 playoff, which hey, whatever. More the merrier. No. Not I'm, for you? I'm against it. No. I'm for it. Bring it on. That's what makes college football great. Is every like last year's SC championship game would not have mattered the, if there was an 18 playoff. It wouldn't have mattered. It wouldn't have mattered if Georgia had won. What do you mean? They would have both gotten in. I don't know. <laughs> So, you get my point. Yeah, it's the argument is what makes it fun. The, yeah. the four team I do enjoy because it makes so many people cry. Yes, I, I like watching people cry. There'll still be a similar amount of crying. 
So we'll see. But I am I am now very curious because this this does bring the two SEC teams very much into play. If Alabama had won this, I guess it that brought a different version even, yeah. of it into play. True. But you know LSU, I think now is is really in the driver's seat in pretty much the whole country. Obviously Ohio State and Clemson, if they keep winning, they're fine too. Yeah. But LSU, they have overcome the biggest challenges on their schedule. And if you think about it, Florida, Auburn, <laughs> at Alabama. That's a lot of challenges they've overcome yeah. already. So uh, enjoy your, your time against the Rebels <laughs> and the Razorbacks, Tigers. You have earned this. Yes. By the way, one last thing. Did Joe Burrow win the Heisman tonight? Uh, he took one giant step toward it. Yeah. He knocked off his best candidate. Chase Young suspended right now. Right. I don't really know. Maybe Justin Fields. Justin though. Fields. Yeah. We'll see what he does down the stretch. Yeah. But the game Joe Burrow played with his, with his arm, his with legs. his legs, with his head, yeah, I think he is now the guy to beat, and <laughs> and narratives matter with these things. And he is the LSU quarterback. One thing they've never beat had: Alabama who beat Alabama. The narrative's done. Yeah. And oh, by the way, it's it's just you watched it all, and and the quarterbacks who come into this stadium and do well, you know, it's a good point. No offense to Chad Kelly, but Johnny Football won the Heisman here yeah. seven years ago. It 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 can happen because. Everyone was watching this. The President of the United States was watching this. He was here. <laughs> wow, we haven't even mentioned that. Yeah. So, I mean, we know we know who got who the Donalds vote is for Heisman. It's so, Joe yeah, Burrow. Yeah. So, and, and if and if I'd have told you that after twenty nine nothing Alabama last year, you would have laughed at me. Yeah, I would have. And that is the beauty of college football, folks. Brody, thank you so much. It has been a pleasure. Thanks for having me, man. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe. Please re- leave a review. We love when you do. Listen to Stuart Mandel on the Audible on Mondays and the Audible Extra on Thursdays. And come back here Tuesday night slash Wednesday morning because we will be overreacting to the college football playoff rankings right along with you. Talk to you then. <laughs>